0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much
1: that doray may be
0: for. And Scott Seidenberg.
2: The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, bloods, waistoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude.
0: This is The Sharp Edge. And welcome into another edition of The Sharp Edge alongside the legend, Brandon Lang. Of course, you can see his work on brandonlang.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter. At Scott's on air reminder, be sure to subscribe, rate and review the sharp edge wherever you get your podcasts from and, and because, hey, listen, we're just going to have a lot of fun and we're going to keep you educated and hopefully hand out some winners. A special guest joining the program today to talk about the NFL, James Alberino from Spread Investor will join us in the second half of the program after we do our college picks. Uh, before we get into this weekend, Brandon, like we do each and every week, let's talk about our Thursday plays. How did Thursday night treat you? Hey, John,
1: you know, they've made fun of him when he decided to go to the Yankees and not go to where he got drafted. They say he looks like a, you know, a mule. He looks like he's got you know, buck teeth. They made jokes about him. I mean, how can you be that good a player and be so fucking clueless? Um, you know, sometimes you get – you handicap a game and you think you're on the right side and you step back and just – can Joe Flacco – can somebody just get him an eight ball of Coke and let him just do the whole thing and then let's see how he acts? Because that's what you need out of your quarterback. You know, he, he he walks around his body language as if every dog he's ever had died the first week he's had it. That's it. There's no other way to, yeah, the guy won me a Super Bowl and and Baltimore covered, and, and I'm appreciative of that. He's so bad. And, and, and listen, I get it with the offensive line. They're just as bad. But how bad does that make Tennessee and the Chargers? Mm-hmm. To be dominated by that team. That that's the that's where you get fooled. I mean, listen, give Casey credit, but I'll go on record and saying if Flacco doesn't turn it over and it's setting at 13-6, that's a whole different ball game and twenty. Yeah, 20-6. it was one of the so, biggest
0: things for for Kansas City last night. You know, after the emotional letdown of losing Mahomes, your defense comes out there and scores a touchdown. And and now all of a sudden the game is it looks a lot differently and your team is fired up as opposed to maybe you let the Broncos come down and score and and you're without Patrick Mahomes for the rest of the game. That game could have been completely different, could could have played out differently. That was the play of the game right there.
1: Yeah. And then your field goal kicker misses a 44 yarder that can, can get you 20 to nine. But I say this, my job is to get on the right side of games and nothing pisses me off more when I don't get on the right side of the game. And last, that was the wrong side of the game. Casey had beat him seven in a row. I got, I got skewed by the fact that everybody was running on him. And, and Spagnola just said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put eight in the box. And we're going to force Joe Flacco to beat us. And we're going to force Joe Flacco to consistently make throw after throw after throw to beat us. And what we found out is Joe Flacco, granted, not a lot of time to throw, but Joe Flacco's done he's done. Get Just get rid of him. Go run your dad's insurance agency. Go run your dad's uh, car wash. Go run your your dad's fast food restaurant. Just get the fuck away from me. All right. <laughs> I, I hate you. I hate your body language. There's no enthusiasm. There's no leadership skills. There's no, there's no nothing. You bring nothing to the table whatsoever. I'd pay a million dollars to put Harbaugh and Flacco in the champagne room of any strip bar in America and just film them. That's it. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I'm a little uncomfortable, Jim. What about you? Well, I'm I'm okay, but I'm a little worried about you. I mean, uh, uh, just unbelievable. You know, And then you watch UCLA went out, right? And I was leaning toward them a little bit. And 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 I used the NFL game. So weekends have been great. 8 of 11 winning weekends. And, and still uh still a winning October. Um but just I hate getting on the wrong side of games. Oh, I fucking hate it. It drives me absolutely crazy. So let's see if we can get on some right side of the games this weekend.
0: Yeah, let's start in the college football slate for Saturday. And uh, the first place I'm looking, Brandon, is Florida against South Carolina. Can you say let down? South Carolina goes into Athens and beats Georgia last week in a huge win for that program. Florida coming off a loss against LSU that might look worse than it actually was. They hung with them for about 50 minutes in that game. And Kyle Trask was very impressive. This is a situation where Florida gets right. I don't care that it's on the road. They're going to beat South Carolina handedly. I'll lay the five points because I think Florida gets right, gets themselves still in this uh sec east race after seeing georgia lose and they know that they can get to the sec title game south carolina big letdown here give me the gators
2: yeah i agree
1: with you much champ forno is visiting chalk with florida uh already went into kentucky and, and and got the win as a as a road favorite um i'm a big believer in letdown situations especially with with college kids I know Must champs covered the last two against the Gators, but this this is the ultimate letdown situation. Uh, I agree with you. I think Florida wins by seven or more.
0: All right. Uh, Another spot that I'm going to look at here uh, in the Pac-12. How about this? Oregon, I I mean, I don't know why I'm doing so much road chalk this week, but I think the Ducks are going to roll over Washington. Their defense this year is playing Lights. I've been so impressed watching this Oregon defense every single week and I think Washington who has now crept back into the top 25 after a win uh, I think Jacob Eason's in for a long day as Oregon's gonna get after him I think the Ducks win this one going away three points is is very very little in what is a very big rivalry you know people don't understand that don't watch Pac-12 football don't follow these teams Brandon that this rivalry is probably more heated than Oregon-Oregon State or Washington-Washington State. Oregon and Washington do not like each other. That is putting it lightly. This is a big game for both schools. I think the Ducks win easy.
1: Well, after getting my my ass cheeks so far spread apart by Oregon against Auburn to start the year, um, you know, from the movie Fletch. You're going to use the whole fist there, Doc? <laughs> um, to have Oregon over Auburn I'm not talking fist I'm talking a fucking two by four For Oregon not to cover that number against Auburn um, To dominate the game the way they did To to have Gus meltdown go for it With nine seconds to go And throw the ball in the field And get a touchdown to cover um, I, can't, I, I can't go near any game involving Oregon I don't wear green uh, My daughter wanted to feed the ducks every day I wanted to shoot the ducks <laughs> um, I want nothing to do with their lime color. I don't own any lime. I'll never – listen, I go back to when Oregon played TCU in a bowl game. I had Oregon minus six and a half. They're up 31 nothing at the half. They didn't cover, lost by seven in overtime. Uh, how do you blow a 31 nothing lead in a bowl game at the half? Um, that's my history with that football team and that program. And then I go make them a best bet right out of the box, and I'm on the right side of the game. And Mario Cristobal shoved his balls right down my throat. So, you know what? You can have that game. I don't root for them. I don't like them. There's nothing I like. I don't even buy Nike just because it's up in that neck of the woods. So, um, you can have all that that you want. I will not let that team cost me a dollar the rest of the year. Now, with that being said – I'll root for you because Chris Peterson, if I saw him on the street, I'd flat up walk out, open hand, bitch slap him and say, give me your credit card. That's how much money you've cost me with your stupidity over the years going back to Boise. So I will root for for you to get a blow out there because I, I put Chris Peterson in the same category as Joe Flacco. In fact, let's take Harbaugh out of the champagne room and let's put Chris Peterson and Joe Flacco in there with their emotions. There it is. Chris Peterson, Joe Flacco, Champagne Room, Crazy Horse 3, Vegas, 15-minute reality show. Let's see how they do.
0: Next. Brandon, the two teams that I've bet on a lot this season and that have been very good for me covering this season are playing each other, and I don't know which side to go on because my heart says Temple. My head says SMU. Uh, SMU is a a 7.5-point favorite. They are undefeated, but – They have looked bad at times, especially in that game where they just cost me a ton of money against Tulsa, where they decide to uh, let a kickoff just go into the end zone as if it was a punt, and Tulsa recovers it for a free touchdown after they had just scored a touchdown. Tulsa scored 14 points in a matter of 20 seconds. Anyway, Temple just covers. They cover and they cover, and they continue to be undervalued. They continue to be dogs, whether they're dogs at home to teams like Maryland or Memphis, or now a a seven-and-a-half-point dog on the road to an SMU squad. I can't say enough about this Temple team. I love the fact that they rotated quarterbacks last week, putting Centennial in for a couple of series over Anthony Russo. I just don't know which side to go in this game because, like I said, my heart says Temple, but my head says SMU after looking bad against Tulsa and having a week off is now going to look good against Temple.
1: What's your current number on this game? Seven and a half. Who tried to help you last week in Philly, Minnesota? You tried or to your
0: help Daddy. Me. You tried to help me, daddy. and you said, you said, daddy. you gave me all the numbers, 29-2 and two for just Zimmer. Yes. And you say, gave listen, me all the numbers. I, to, no, no, I no, get I, it. I get no, it.
1: No, I don't need you to. I just need you to say yes, Daddy. Let me hear it. I ain't saying that. I'm saying yes, you were right that. on Minnesota. Yes,
0: you were right on I Minnesota. T- I,
1: all I can do is try to save you money and get you out of your own way. All right? Yeah. Anybody outside the NFC North, Mike Zimmer, is an assassin. And you still went ahead and went against Mike Zimmer. So here, minus that number, Temple's the right side of the game. Although the home team is five and zero in Temple games this year, um, they're on an 18 and five spread run, and they're one and zero for Kerry. That's a dog. So I would lean towards taking Temple plus the points.
0: All right. Seven and a half is a good number. If that's at seven, that's that you know you don't like it as much. Seven and a half to eight is a good number
1: only thing that scares me in that game is this this is the same Temple team that after beating Maryland went up to Buffalo and laid not a little egg, one of those fucking eggs in Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. Yep. You know, one of those rotten eggs, one of those big ones, um, followed by the Oompa Loompas, you know. Um, So that's the only thing that scares me from from getting on that game. The game that jumps out at me is, is, is Baylor and Matt Rule. I mean, but people. There's a lot of good coaches in college football. There's a lot of a lot of coaches that that get lost in the shuffle, and people forget. Hey, what a great job Matt Rule did at Temple, and then he took the job at Baylor and had to come in and clean up for Art Brile and his band of rapists that he allowed on campus to terrorize um, the Baylor campus. And good riddance, Art. And now here's Matt Rule, ATM machine, all games. Last 78 games on the Vegas board, Matt Rule is 49 and 29 against the spread. Conference games, Matt Rule 38 and 18. Away games, Matt Rule 21 and 7 ATS. And if he is on the road against an opponent coming off a loss, Eddie Ice 13 and one against the number. Ride. Baylor here, they uh, they have all the makings of a team that's going to make some noise and uh, get on Baylor, plus the points.
0: Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, last week, I gave you the number about teams that creep into the top 25 for the first time all season and their record against the spread, 2-12 and now teams are going into the top 25 for the first time all year they're 2 and 12 in their first game as a ranked team against the spread last week baylor did not cover memphis did not cover cincinnati did cover this week you got three teams that are in the top 25 for the first time all year appalachian state a 15 point home favorite against ul monroe you have missouri who is a 21-point road favorite at Vanderbilt, and then Minnesota, which is at Rutgers. uh, I currently see that off the board. But of of the two that are on the board, Mizzou laying 21 on the road at Vanderbilt or Appalachian State at home laying 15 against UL Monroe, which one, if either, cover or don't cover?
1: I gave a buddy a five-team parlay last Sunday. He's 4-0, and he has... Houston plus the points over Cincy and they got first and goal. They got first and ten at the Cincinnati twelve with forty seconds to go for the back door. I'm I like, know, yeah, baby, they yeah throw the, baby. The loser
0: pick. That lo- that he didn't even try. He just threw gate they it's like you wish that some of these players actually knew what a back door cover was, because they should have been trying to score a touchdown. That kid just yeah. he, he knew the game was over and he was just like, Whatever. And he just tossed yeah. it up there. Bullshit. That cost my boy a five-teamer. And and since he was just letting them score, they didn't care. They were like, here, just take it. We won the game.
1: Just take the touchdown. Yep, I think I wouldn't go against Minnesota right now. People tend to forget just how good a coach, P.J. Fleck is. Yeah, he's great. People tend to forget he took Western Michigan to a New Year's Day bowl game against Auburn. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. Well, oh, no, that's Central Michigan. Um, Western's the Broncos. Western Michigan Broncos. Um, so I, I would lean towards them. Yeah, I think Missouri potentially would be would be the letdown, um, and then Appalachian State I think wins, but doesn't win by. So I think the the one that will covers Minnesota. I think the other two it's uh, it's 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 up in the air.
0: All righty. Uh, any other college games jumping out at you? What about the primetime slate?
1: No, nothing. The The Baylor game is the one that I really like. And then
0: Penn State, Michigan, playing. not touching.
1: I mean, Jim Harbaugh, one and eight against the spread his last nine on the road um, as an underdog versus ranked teams, one and nine against the spread as an underdog versus ranked teams on the road. I went with Wisconsin big, and yep. up 35, nothing. Um, I think Penn State's the right side of the game. So do I. So do I.
0: I bet against Penn State a lot this year, but this is a situation where I think it's time to ride them and acknowledge just how good they've been uh, this year. All right, Brent, let's go to the NFL. Uh, it seems to me like this is one of those weeks where I don't really like the board. Uh, there probably is three spots that I that I like. The rest of the board is kind of like you know ew. Uh, the one spot that I do like, I think the Rams are going to just blow out the Falcons. Um, the Falcons are broke. <laughs> I, I keep saying it every single week. Uh, if they, I don't know what they're waiting for before they fire their coach, but he's got to go. It's clearly a problem there. And I think the Rams now Jalen Ramsey's probably going to play. It's, it's amazing how a trade can heal your back. But, uh, I think that this is a bad spot for Atlanta. I think the Rams win easy on the road.
1: First of all, I'm very disappointed, very disappointed. and. uh I, i'm I i do not know I'm gonna do it myself because the fast fucking' plan this week. Good Uncle Freddie Uncle Freddy's not Uncle Freddy gets a reprieve this week. Um, everything I said last week on the podcast about Freddie Kitchens came to true uh came true last week in the n f l um I used Seattle as my best bet on the website grandline I said in my analysis. some coaches are winners, some coaches are losers. You give me the better quarterback, the better coach, and the better team in a near-pick'em game anywhere on the planet Earth, and I will go to war with that, and I will go to war with that big. And the mistakes that that, that the manager of the Kentucky Fried Chicken made in that game was unbelievable. You're up 20-12, first and 10 at your opponent's 12-yard line at the end of the first half. Just make sure you run the clock down, kick a field goal, worst-case scenario, you go up 23-12. Freddie goes. We wanted to stay aggressive there. Nice job, Freddie. Way to put your quarterback in a position to throw a pick. Seattle turns around, goes to the lake of the field and gets a touchdown right before the half. But after that, it was pretty much game over. And and it was amazing to see this this team and this coach implode uh, once again. Um, really did. Everything I said in the Padcat podcast last week about Freddie Kitchen came true. Everything. Every single thing I said came true. Just how bad a coach that man is. So I'm <laughs> upset they're not. I'm upset they're not playing this week. Um, so it, it it is what it is. Um, I tend to agree with you, although with the kind of offensive performance that they had last week um, against the Niners, I don't know if you can trust them in that situation. Yeah. Um, I know the numbers support Atlanta here. Some pretty crazy numbers. Um, non-division NFL home dogs that are 0-3 straight up against the spread in their last three games are 19-6 against the number against foes coming off an ATS loss of 12 or more, including 10-0 against the spread in their last 10 games. Scott, one thing we realize about the NFL and the one thing we understand about the NFL is things happen every week that make no sense whatsoever. None. Like, no sense whatsoever. And people go, well, that's the NFL for you. Atlanta is garbage. They're horrible. And yet this would be just the kind of game that Atlanta would win outright, and everybody goes,
2: wow.
1: (laughs) That's just the way the NFL is. So uh, I'm staying so far away from that game. Something's wrong with Goff and that offense. Listen, Jalen Ramsey in that secondary, that's one thing. But there are some serious problems on that offensive line, and it starts with the fact they're missing two starters. And golf just doesn't have time to throw. And if you don't have time to throw in the NFL, no matter who you are, it's going to be trouble. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that game unfolds. I'm staying away for that.
0: All right, so you're staying away. I like the Rams, but, you know, you say stay away, so maybe we should stay away from that game. Let's welcome in a guest now to the podcast. You've heard him before. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. He is James Albarino. The website is spreadinvestor.com. James, what's going on, brother? Scott, how we doing, man? Doing good, doing good. So what, what did you think about that comment about the Rams game? I said I'm on the Rams. Brandon's staying away from that one.
2: You know, I like this spot for the Rams even before – the Week 7 board came out because I said before this 49ers-Rams game, no matter what happens with the Rams, either they beat San Francisco and they have momentum now coming into this game, or they lose like they did and got their asses kicked versus San Francisco, and now they really need this game. The look-ahead line on this before the Rams lost to San Francisco was the Rams minus four. So now you're giving the market uh, an extra point in the Rams' favor. Look, I know they have problems. I don't trust their defense whatsoever but Atlanta is one of the sloppiest teams in the league to me. And it's it reminds me of a game last night. Like, I didn't want to touch the Chiefs-Broncos, and regretfully I didn't touch the Chiefs. But it's kind of like, look, I'm going to put the ball in Sean McVay's hands. If Kyler Murray and the Cardinals could put up 34 on the Falcons, and the Falcons have given me no reason to back them at all this year. They got defensive injuries. They're terrible. I think McVay and Goff have a get-right game. And I think Jalen Ramsey just coming there now and helping one side of the field, which he's going to play on Sunday. There's no way they were going to trade Marcus Peters and not have Jalen Ramsey ready this week. I think that just gives the defense juice. And yeah, it's not my top play of the week, but I'm confident in it, and I like the Rams. All right. Brandon,
0: where else are you going this week?
2: Well, all I'm gonna say is
1: um, I don't think people give, and, and and I've said it for the last few weeks. Dan Quinn's gonna be first coach to go. Arthur Blank's Arthur Blank's is not gonna put up with this much longer. I think Quinn's gonna be be out the door and, and be out the door pretty quick. High expectations for that football team coming in, and it is just it has just imploded. Matt Ryan again. Somebody call nine one one because he's stealing money. I go back to the the NFC Championship game when when it was fourth down. He had bunch of formation on the right. Tony Gonzalez on the left, isolated one on one, and he throws into triple coverage on the right into a into a a clusterfuck. And here's Gonzalez on an in route, wide open. Send him to the Super Bowl once again. Not not a big fan of Matt Matt Ryan, um, so I tend to agree that that they're probably the right side of the game. Um, I I don't think people are giving. The Arizona Cardinals, enough credit, and Kyler Murray, enough credit for just how well they're playing and how well Vance Josephs has that defense playing in, in certain situations. Kyler Murray's a stud. And seeing all these quarterbacks struggle, this kid and, 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 and a friend of mine who works in the NFL uh, said to me, he talked to a very high-end scout who said, um, Kyler Murray throws the best ball on target and accurate that he's ever seen, and I know um, I know they go into New York and face the Giants, but it's hard for me to go against this team as a dog. Um, And I go back to the Ravens game where Kyler Murray was 27 of 40 for three and change. Uh, They just had some red zone problems, so they would have beat the Ravens outright. I think people are sleeping on Arizona, and again. Rookie quarterback Daniel Jones versus rookie quarterback Kyler Murray. I just, I'm not a believer in the G-men. I'm sorry.
2: James. I agree with you on that. I just, uh, I don't trust Arizona's defense and I don't trust, trust Cliff Kingsbury. Like I think Kyler Murray's a stud. I actually wish he was on a different team right now, not led by Cliff Kingsbury because I mean, look at what he, he, he wasn't the one that, you know, won games with Pat Mahomes at Texas tech. So Uh, And I also just think it's a tougher spot for Arizona more than it is a fade against Kyler Murray. Like Arizona played 1 p.m. Eastern week five, flies cross country to Arizona now. last week week six, now has to fly 1 p.m. Eastern again to the Giants. And uh, I think Pat Shermer could draw up some things that keep Arizona on the field for a little while. So you'll lay the three with the Giants? Say that again? You'll lay the three with the Giants? I locked it in on Tuesday because when news comes out later today or – There's confirmation that any of Engram, Shepard, or Saquon play, that line might get higher or it might get more expensive juice. I got minus three even early in the week. Um,
1: Favorites coming off a loss of 21 points or more are 0-8 against the spread. They're 0-6 against the – the G-men are 0-6 against the spread in their fourth home game of the season. So um, I'm glad you got three. I would feel more comfortable um, buying it to three-and-a-half and taking the dog. Um, again, not a game I love, but I just – Daniel Jones has had some good games. You're right. If, if the Giants get some players back, that line could go up. I just – something tells me Arizona's going to win that game. I don't know why. I don't I, – I just don't understand why, but, but I just – some crazy
0: going go on <laughs> in the Big Apple. Well, all right, you guys got to help me understand this now, okay? Teddy Bridgewater is just a winner. I think we can all agree on that. Every week, yep. this kid balls out and wins football games. Yet every week, and the Saints defense is actually playing well. Yet every week, the Saints continue to be undervalued and undersold and are underdogs. I get it. They're going to Chicago and the Bears with their defense and whatnot. The Bears' three-point favorites, I guess that's basically saying it's a pick'em, and they're giving the Bears the three points for home field. But I'm going to always take the points now with this Saints team because they continue to win, and I'll take the points every time.
1: You're seeing the light, Scott. You're seeing the light. <laughs> I have been telling anyone who would listen that when Breeze went down, they went to Seattle, they were getting five. I went on radio that week and probably on a podcast and said I just don't know how this team rallies and they, their defense got a early score in the game and they got a punt return early in the game and they ran away and hit. And they came back home off of that and they were three and a half against the Cowboys. And I used them as my best bet. And they won the game outright. Then the next week, Tampa Bay came into town and that line probably should have been, if Breeze was playing, it would be nine, which it was to open the season last year and Said you were getting them at a value number of two and a half, one by ten. And then last week, um, the line opened up a pick'em. The public bet Jacksonville to a three-point road favorite. Sean Payton said it after the game. He said, we could have played eight quarters. They were not going to score a touchdown on us. I (laughs) love Sean Payton. I love the way this defense is playing. They're undervalued. Again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've been saying it all season long. I don't believe in the Bears. I don't believe the Bears are an elite football team. You don't go to London and lose in the manner in which they lost. Even if Trubisky comes back or Chase Daniels plays the better team with the better coach, with the better defense and the better quarterback getting points is always the right side of the game. I bought the half point. I got the Saints plus three and a half and I'm going to go to that. How is anyone laying
2: points in this game? Like how do you lay points, whether it's Trubisky or Daniel? How are you laying this with Chicago? Like, I get that people could see that the a Chicago spot, off the loss they need. How are you fading New Orleans if that's what you're doing this week? Like, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. And, like, the thing with the Saints, too, here, guys, is they overcame their hangover. Like, to me, I walked into the season saying, Saints, weeks one and weeks two, how they respond, how they come out. All right, and it took maybe to week three and the, and the Cowboys win. But if they come over the, – overcome that offseason hangover – this team now can ride and make another deep run. And that's what they're doing, man. They're literally taking every piece of adversity that they have and just punching everybody in the mouth that they play. So this is Saints are past completely. I I can't make a case for the Bears at all.
0: All right, James, you got to talk me into this. Uh, And Brandon, I don't know what side of the game you're on, but I saw James tweet this out earlier in the week at Spread Investor. Uh, You're on the Eagles, on the road in Dallas, getting the points. You think the Eagles
2: come away with the victory in Big D, not just cover that line, huh? I took a money line. Look, if you're playing plus three in this game and you think this game's going to be close, why wouldn't you take the money line? I agree. All you need to see is that the Cowboys aren't fully listening to Jason Garrett. If, if you didn't pick that up by players walking past him and intentionally not slapping him five, uh, you've never been in a locker room where it's like, all right, the coach, we don't want him here. Um, Doug Peterson basically guaranteed the game. And I know that's dicey, but look, the Eagles have a lot more reasons to believe in themselves than the Cowboys do. First off, they got Darby and Jalen Mills likely coming back. Their one weakness is a corner. They're getting their pieces back. Amari Cooper may not play this game. That helps the Eagles even more. The Eagles are built to defend the run. They're one of the best in the NFL defending the run that plays into their hands this game with the Cowboys. Then you're going to throw on top of that the Cowboys haven't fought in two weeks. That game, Brandon, I know you were on the Packers that game versus Dallas. Dallas did not give a fight in that game. Minus maybe 10 minutes, they were disengaged. They didn't fight. And now they come into the Jets and down 20-6 to versus a quarterback who was at the pediatrician, basically, for the last month. So you get now... The Eagles coming in, needing a win. Look, Dallas came into Philadelphia last year on Sunday Night Football and kicked the Eagles' ass. And they remember that game. I think they come into this game. I don't even want the points. That line is now down from three to two and a half predictably. That's why I got it in early. Any information that comes out now on Dallas later this week is likely going to be negative and drive that line down. I think that line closes at one and a half. It's a Philly spot. Take the money line.
1: There's a lot of poorly coached teams in
2: the NFL. A lot of
1: them. Uh, it starts with the manager of Kentucky Fried Chicken, Freddie Kitchens. He's he's <laughs> he's number one at the top of the list. Number two is Jason Garrett. You have Jason Garrett can't get out of his own way. Fourth and fourth and four. They should kick the field goal he goes for. Fourth and two goes for it. Um you're you're Defensive coordinator went 0-16 with the Lions. Your offensive coordinator looks like he should be on Barney uh, on Saturday Mm -hmm. mornings on the Cartoon Network in Kellen Moore. Um, It's as dysfunctional as I've ever seen it. To lose to the Jets in the manner in which they did, you you push the panic button and run the quarterback draw when that should have been your two-point conversion play. Everybody knows that the goal line who watches football and understands football knows that on any two point conversion play, if you, if you take the back and run them out of the backfield, you are welcoming a zero blitz. There's nobody to pick up the blitzer, which is Adams, which is what happened with Adams on the two point conversion. Um, The Cowboys once again are coming off a straight up and against the spread loss. And now they're a home favorite. And in that situation, they were just exactly in that situation a couple weeks ago when they lost at the Saints straight up and against the spread and were a favorite against Green Bay. Now they're in that same situation again. 1-19 and 19 against the number, their last 20. Coaches that are going to be gone in the next four weeks, Dan Quinn, Jason Garrett, I'm very confident Philadelphia goes in here and gets the job done.
0: All right, Brandon, give me one more spot for this Sunday or Monday. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna leave the Monday night game alone for now, but uh, I'm gonna tell you, um, Seattle was really good to me last week. Um, really, really good to me last week. Um, with my best bet down, down twenty to six early, a little nervous, but like I said, Russell Wilson just flat out getting it done. I'm gonna take Baltimore plus three and a half over Seattle. Uh, I think. I think the one thing about Baltimore is they are a great dog. They're an unbelievable dog. They're a feisty dog. And I get the fact that with Seattle, they've been great, but I think this is a situation where I wasn't—I um, was a little shocked with with Cleveland being able to move the ball the way they did against Seattle's defense. I think Jackson's mobility keeps plays alive, and in what I feel will be a field goal game either way, I think we're getting some value with Baltimore plus the points.
2: All right, James, you got one more play. I'm playing the Jets Monday night plus ten. I just look at it as you know. New England's got problems on the offensive line, left tackle and center. For the Giants to be able to do what they did to them in the pass rush when the Giants' defense isn't good. and you know, It's been going on a couple of weeks. The Bills were able to get to them, keep it a low-scoring game. I think Greg Williams will put a good game plan together. They get Mosley back. They have Quinn Williams back. Jamal Adams is playing well. The Jets are at least feeling good about themselves. I think they could keep the Patriots to probably 24 points. And in that case, if the Jets could get to 17, which – easier said than done against his defense. I'm not uh, overlooking that. Um, but I, I think the Jets can make enough plays, and uh, it can likely be like a 23-16 to 16 type game, New England winning, Jets covering. Yeah, and just the, Jets do get tied, the Jets do
0: get tight end Chris Herndon back as well.
2: That a lot of momentum going goes, for the Jets in one week.
1: Yeah, that game goes under the post of Total Monday night. It's going to be just like the Buffalo-New England yep. game uh, a yep. couple Sundays ago, where, where both defenses Sam Darnold had a great game against Dallas. I, I get it, um, but let's make sure we're clear. This is the number one defense in the NFL, and we no all doubt. know one thing about Belichick quarterbacks with three years experience or less. He absolutely owns. I'm going to play that under the posted total. No pros.
0: Well, it's going to be an exciting Sunday. James, thanks as always for joining us. Uh, people can check you out on Twitter at Spread Investor or head to SpreadInvestor.com because you've got some great cards posted up there, James.
2: Make it a good weekend,
0: guys. All right, Brandon. Well, you know what? Let's see if we're talking about Freddie Kitchens again next week, even though the Browns don't play.
1: Oh, we'll talk about him every week. Absolutely. <laughs> um, every weekend because he's either going to be doing two things. He's either going to be managing the KFC or he's the car wash manager with the guys who wipe off, who dry the cars when they come back through. He's the guy that points which car and which, which uh, workers go dry off which car.
0: Just so be yeah. sure to put, just be sure to put the dollar in the box for him. Uh, for Brandon Lang and James Alvarito, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcast from, or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at b l e a v dot com. Good luck, everyone.